0: Hebrews 11, verses 17 to 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And the one who had received the promises was offering up his only son. It was he to whom it was said, Through Isaac your descendants shall be named. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type chef a warm and pleasant good morning to all shall we start with a prayer let's pray gracious and loving father we once more humbly and by faith come before you we ask that you help us guide us not only to be able to understand your word be able to apply these, the truths in our personal lives. Help us also to be able to teach this to others. To those who are online and those who are here in this hall, I pray, Lord, that you bless us with your word, affirm us, convict us, encourage us, teach us that through your word that flows in us and through us, you would be a blessing to others. We pray, Lord, that as we discuss these passages in the discipleship groups, in the growth groups, in the home churches throughout the week, allow us to be able to know you more, experience you more. And live out the life that you want us to live. We give you all the glory that you alone deserve. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Allow me to start with this question, a rather challenging question: What is the greatest sacrifice you have ever made? What is the greatest sacrifice? that you have ever made for another person? Maybe to your wife, to your spouse, to your husband, to your children, to another person, or for God. So let's give uh, several seconds to reflect on this question. What is the greatest sacrifice that you have made for others and for God? You have one? You have several? So I I hope that as we continue to study the Word of God and reflect on the Word of God, we will be able to have an answer to this. The title of our message this morning is Faith and Sacrifice. As we continue our series, our study in the book of Hebrews. We are now in verses 17 to 19 of Hebrews chapter 11. The author wrote a list of people who pleased God. and This list included Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and Sarah. And there was one thing in common among them, their faith and their faith in the invisible God, and faith in His Word. Now the author made it clear that without faith, it is impossible to please God. As we have learned in previous uh, preachings, particularly in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, as it is written, and without faith, it is impossible to please Him, please God. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be the one who rewards those who seek him. One of the stories of faith remembered by many is the story of Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah. Perhaps one of the uh, greatest story ever told and one of the stories that we can remember, especially to those who have been into Sunday school. God commanded Abraham to sacrifice his beloved son, the son through whom God would fulfill the promise. The age of Isaac is unclear when his father bound him. It could be that Abraham was around 117 to 120 years old at this time, and Isaac was in his maybe 20s or 30s. He could be around 17 to 20 years old during this time. Abraham proceeded with the travel and preparation of the altar. And one may presume that Isaac willingly submitted to the process As well, God tested Abraham. I believe this is also a test to Isaac. And both Abraham and Isaac passed the test of faith. In the heart of Abraham was faith in God. Nothing got in the way. Not even his beloved son. Let's look at these three key points in these three verses that we have today. First, we have God testing Abraham's faith. God tested the faith of Abraham. Next slide. We see that in this particular passage, by faith, Abraham prepared to offer Isaac. When God tested him, he proceeded to obey God despite the apparent difficulty. What's the difficulty? He's going to sacrifice his son. Without faith, Abraham could not have obeyed. We can see that in the succeeding verses. Next slide. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, that by faith, Abraham. When he was tested, offered up Isaac, and the one who had received the promise was offering up his only son. I would like to believe that when the author of this book wrote this, and the original audience, the original readers of this book, they were reading this particular portion of the scripture, they relate this to Genesis chapter 22, starting from verse 1. This is the narrative. This is the detailed story of this particular account. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, it is is written there, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. So this was a test. This was a clear test to Abraham. And said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then God said, he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. Bible scholars said that this is the first time that the word love was written. It was not given in Genesis 1. It was not given in Genesis 2, where the first marriage between Adam and Eve uh, was instituted. It was in Genesis 22 that the word love pertaining to the love of the father to his one and only son was mentioned. God said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Moriah later on would be the land where King Solomon would build God's temple. And later on in the time of Jesus, it would be the Jerusalem where Jesus would suffer greatly in the hands of Pontius Pilate and the Jews, his brothers and sisters. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him, offer Isaac there as a burnt offering. So, medyo, parang morbid, no? Susunugin as a burnt offering no? si Isaac. On one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Now, in verse 3, we are told that it says there, So, God wanted Abraham to sacrifice probably the most important person, his life. In verse 2, the person that is one and only son, his beloved, Isaac. In verse 3, it says there, So Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son, Isaac. Siguro po kung medyo titweak natin tong verse na to and let us uh, paraphrase it and put my name in it. So, Doc Steve... Maybe, siguro hindi ganyan yung nakasulat. Siguro nakalagay dyan. However, Doc Steve would question God. Or Doc Steve would have a lot of excuses. Just like in a slippery slope argument, Doc Steve would have doubts and even would not obey. But because it is Abraham and he is the father of faith, it is written there that Abraham... Immediately. Several W's willingly is one. He was willing. Second, without doubt, without question, he immediately got up early the next morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. No questions, no doubts. Walang reklamo, walaman lang alinlangan, no second thoughts, no, no hesitation in the part of Abraham. And he split wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place of which God had told him. Next slide, please. In verse 4, on the third day, it took them three days to reach uh, Moriah. Uh, three days riding the donkey. On the third day, as we go back, on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. So three days. So Imagine three days, maybe that is enough for Abraham to have second thoughts. It could be three days that Abraham would realize, uh, is it really your will, Lord, to sacrifice my one and only beloved son, Siguro three days na yun would be enough for him to turn his back. No? And uh, perhaps, uh, huwag na lang ituloy yung, yung, yung uh, instruction ni God. At gawin yung instruction ni God. And also by this time, Abraham may have told Isaac God's promise of many descendants through him. Have you had these moments with your children? Like in our in our home, Whenever we share meals together, our youngest daughter would, would always say, Dad, remember this? Remember that? Remember our time here? Remember uh, these things? Uh, so she would say this uh, as, as part of our conversation. Remember the times we, we had in this place. So i like also to believe that during this walk, of three days Abraham and Isaac they were not walking in silence so there could be parts where they would be remembering the times when Isaac was growing up when Isaac was still a baby when Isaac was still at a tender age And so just imagine uh, the, what Abraham in his mind and in his heart was going through Yet the moment God instructs Abraham, the moment God commands Abraham to do this, to sacrifice Isaac in the mind and in the heart of Abraham, he obeyed already. And as they continued to go through this process, he continued to obey. Next slide. So verse 5, Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and we will worship and return to you. We will worship. And so note that sacrifice and worship, they come together. So one of the reasons that Abraham, together with Isaac, they were going to this, this place of sacrifice is for the purpose of worshiping God. Now take note also that during this time, the pagans, uh, those who would worship idols and false gods, they would also sacrifice perhaps children. Now, they would also do this as a form of sacrifice. So we, we, can, we, can, we can more or less say that during this time, it's really not a shocking moment for Abraham to do this. But for Abraham it was a form of worship. As we continue, next slide. And Abraham took the wood from the burnt offering and laid it on on his son Isaac. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. So as they, as they walked as they walk towards this place, next slide. it is at this time that perhaps Abraham may have told Isaac of God's specific instructions. Now initially, he says uh, God will provide a lamb, but along the way, Abraham has to be has to be truthful and has to say the very reason why they are there. It was not written there but I believe that Abraham says to Isaac, son, you are that lamb. You are that provision. You are that lamb that is to be sacrificed. And so you can see out from this narrative that both Abraham and Isaac, they were intent on obeying God. Remember, Isaac is at his 20s, and Abraham was in his 117 or 120s. And uh, obviously, Isaac is stronger than, than his father Abraham, and could easily uh, run and outrun his father. He could easily fight back and, and say no and resist, yet uh, both of them obeyed God. Otherwise, Isaac could have fought his way out of this. Verse 9 says, Then they came to the place, they are now in the place, designated for that sacrifice of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. So imagine this with me. Abraham, uh, his son Isaac, his beloved son Isaac, on top of the wood. So on one hand, Abraham has this sharp knife. Uh, It could be that he's thinking I should do this in one slash so that my son would immediately die. Or else I need to stab him repeatedly so that he would die and that would be quite painful and you know, more morbid and then burn him up. So imagine at that moment that you may be thinking this. And so Abraham reached you know, and out for his, his knife and he was about to kill his son who is bound and laid on the altar on top of wood. Verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife with one intent, to obey God as he was instructed to slay his son. Next slide. But the angel of the Lord appeared and called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Next slide. So we see that this test revealed first the fear of God in Abraham. And also his faith in God. Revealed his fear and faith in God. Next slide. So we see there, verse 11, that you fear God. Verse 12, I mean, you fear God. And then in verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And the one who had received the promise was offering up his only son. It revealed the fear of God in Abraham and the faith in God of Abraham. Next. Now in that, can you go back please, in that particular passage is also noteworthy to observe that the words offered up and offering up were written. The first talks about a completed action offered up just like the moment when God gave this instruction in the mind, in the heart of Abraham, he obeyed already. And that's why it's complete. It's completed, offered up. He already offered Isaac at that particular moment. Yet this continues at the time of the action. So first it's in the mind, in the heart, and at this particular point the time when he's now offering up Isaac. He's now about to slay and kill his one and only beloved son, offering up. So in those two seemingly separate yet same moments, it was complete obedience. Offered up. Offering up. Next please. And so God was the most important in his life. God is the most important person in his life. More than his son Isaac. So in the decision and in the actions manifested by Abraham, it revealed that God is the most important in his life. So in the end, Abraham's faith was solid. It was complete. It was full. So putting this into context in Hebrews chapter 11, remember that the Christian Jews during this time, they're experiencing great persecution. And there was this great temptation And there's this great pressure to turn their back from Christ and go back to their religion. Go back to to their tradition so that they would be accepted. They would not experience difficulty, persecution, prejudice. And so the persecution that the Christian Jews were experiencing is like a test. Just like... In this particular passage, in Hebrews eleven seventeen, 17, it was a test for Abraham. Their persecution was also a test of their faith. And God has a purpose for allowing it. What is God's purpose for allowing it? Two things. One, to reveal their faith. This is how it was revealed in Abraham. To reveal their faith and to strengthen Their faith. Remember the immediate context of this is for them to endure. To endure this persecution. To live by faith. To endure, to live, to overcome these challenges. How? By faith. And these tests are meant to strengthen their faith as well. Now, bridging to our present situations as an application, expect that God would also test our faith. I'm sure all of us, our faith have tested before, right? You may recall such moments and situations in your life where where it's very clear that God is really testing your faith. So if If Abraham was tested, the the Jews during the time of Hebrews, they were tested. I'm sure that in our time today, we're also going to be tested. And if you're here today and you feel that life is comfortable, life is okay, expect that sooner or later, your faith would be tested. I'm sure our faith is being tested by this crisis by this pandemic that we have right now uh, your your, your, your uh, what your work, your business, your studies, your relationship, your your mobility, uh, your your movements are restricted. So expect that God would test our faith because he will. He will either through adversity you know, like, In the case of the Christian Jews, in the time of Hebrews, the time that was written, it was through adversity. It was through persecution that they were tested. So can you remember the times that God has tested you through adversity, through a difficult situation? Maybe something related to your health. It could be an acute illness or it could be a chronic one or it could be a life-threatening uh, issue in your health. Or it could be God has tested your faith through finances. Uh, seemingly, you, you don't have anything uh, and you're, you're questioning how can we go on. It could be related to your work or to your studies. Or to your relationships with your with your loved ones with your friends, now, through an ad- adversity through through a difficult situation, yet God can also test us through abundance. Now, have you experienced that? Now, you have extra money, you have extra something to give now, and then uh, I was meditating on this I remember the many times during the time when uh, the yon, yung giving na, yung offering, no? and the uh, the bag is being passed. No? So you have made the decision to give to the Lord something, a portion of what He has given us, and then there's this struggle before that that, that bag comes to you, Lord. Kailangan ko rin I could use this my personal uh, mga mga bills or whatever, mga kailangan bayaran. Just like Ananias and Sapphira promising at the start that we will give the proceeds of this land to God. Yet at that very moment, they would, well, turn their back and take back and hold back from giving what they have intended to give to God. So in abundance, we can also be tested. Next slide. So when God, through, the, through his word, commands us, because at this time, God gave a specific, I believe, a specific command directly to Abraham. Yes, God can give that to us in our time today. God can spirit to spirit prompt us, command us to do something. Yet most of the time it is through the word of God that we learn his commands. He commands us to do something. Perhaps to love someone who has offended us. Or perhaps not to do something. Like not to be involved in extramarital affair or not to be involved in a premarital relationship. Sexual relationship. Or it could be something to give up. Something to, to give to the Lord. Surrender to the Lord. As something that we think and feel and believe that are precious to us. It could be an idol. It could be a graven image. It could be money. It could be someone. It could be a person. Or it could be ourselves. So when God through his word commands us to do something or not to do something or to give up, surrender something, may I encourage everyone that includes me, that includes those who are listening through Facebook and through YouTube that we must obey fully from the start until the And we obey in faith. Next slide. The second point is that Abraham believed. Abraham believed God and his promise. This is one of the things that perhaps pushed and encouraged and motivated Abraham to follow and obey God because he believed in God. That God is faithful, that God is sovereign, and he believed God's promise. Next slide. One of God's promises to Abraham is that his descendants, particularly through Isaac, would grow in number. That was very clear. First, this, there was this promise of a land, and there's this promise of a seed, Isaac, and there's a promise of a blessing through Isaac, As having descendants, they would grow in number to a level that would be difficult to count. And the promise was through Isaac, not Ishmael. Let's look at verse 18. Verse 18 says, It was he, Isaac, to whom it was said, Through Isaac your descendants shall be named. It is through Isaac that God's promise of having this descendants that would grow in number that would be fulfilled. Next slide. Abraham did not complain. Abraham did not even ask. No. Even if it seemed that it was a paradox. It was a paradox. Uh, parang, parang something that is opposites. No? So Lord, diba, promise mo it's through Isaac that That you will increase our descendants. Yet at this very moment, you are taking his, you want me to take his life. So imagine that. On one hand, God promised to give him numerous descendants through Isaac. And on the other hand, God wanted him to sacrifice Isaac. So parang may dilemma. Next slide. Yet Abraham still believed that God would fulfill his promise. So I may not understand, Lord, at this particular moment, why? But because it's very clear. Because you have directly given, given me this command, this instruction, I will obey. Why? Because I believe you and I believe in your promise. Next slide. So putting this again into context, the Christian, the Christian Jews, the original audience, the readers of this letter knew that they are—they were part of the promise. They were part of this descendants. They were part of this blessing, this, this promise through Isaac. And they knew of Christ's promise to return as well. They're, they're part of this Old covenant through Isaac. They're also part of this new covenant in Christ and that Christ will return and that they know of God's physical and spiritual salvation. So it is in this premise that the author of Hebrews is telling and, is, and saying this to, to these to this Christian Jews who are being persecuted that you believe in God that God will fulfill His promise to you. So there's no reason that you turn your back from Christ. There's no reason that you go back to Judaism or to your old religion because God is sure to fulfill His promise to you. Now in our time today, how do we apply this? First, let us believe that God will fulfill His promise for all nations. We may not be really directly part of the descendants of Isaac, but through Christ, God will fulfill His promise to Abraham to bless every nation, people from every language and ethnic group. And this fulfillment in Christ is making disciples of all nations. We are part of the new covenant. And it is the fulfillment in Christ that we are now part of this. Of this promise that God would make or, or, or bless nations through His people so that one day every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we are part of of that fulfillment of God's promise through Christ. And so, let us make disciples. Let us make disciples, followers of Christ. Our spouse, your husband, your wife. Let's help them, let's usher them to become a follower, a true, a genuine disciple, follower of Christ. Our children, let us do our best to cultivate uh, an environment for them. Let's make their their surroundings, their environment, their friends, our home, uh, conducive towards them following Christ. How about our community? How about other people? We are part of this. Of making disciples. Next slide. And so what is God's plan for your life? I believe God has a specific purpose. God has a specific plan in every individual. You know, may, may particular na purpose si God sa atin. That that we alone, you alone, I alone will, will be able to, to do and accomplish. Yet there is also a, a, a standard, there is also a, a higher purpose, more than this specific purpose. And th- there's always a connection to God's promise to Abraham, and there's a connection to God's promise in Christ. God's plan is for us to make disciples of all tribes and tongues. And so we are part of that. And our immediate influence, our family, our loved ones, our friends, our schoolmates, our neighborhood, our community, our church community. This is our mission field. And our mission is to make disciples. And God would fulfill that promise. Imagine this through us. And you are part of that. We are part of that. As a church community. As body, as the body, members of the body of Christ. So God, listen to this, called us. You're here for a purpose. You're listening to this for a purpose. God has called us to what? To sacrifice to this endeavor God has called us to sacrifice in making disciples sacrifice our time sacrifice our treasures sacrifice our talents in the ultimate purpose of being a blessing proclaiming the gospel extending sharing the gospel to others so that they too not only enjoy the privilege not only enjoy eternal life so that they too will do this to others as a fulfillment of God's promise as well next slide now the third point Abraham trusted God's sovereignty to resurrect the question is still how would Abraham really commit to this task how would Abraham really in a, in a practical and, and in a higher sense obey God hirap no no akala ba Lord ito no, yung promise mo through Isaac that uh, I'll be blessed or you will bless no, through, through descendants through his descendants and now you're going to use me to take his life now here's the answer And Hebrews chapter 11, the author of this, would would give us this very clear reason why Abraham would do this. Abraham believed and he was willing to obey God's commands. Alam na natin yon, we have established that already. Now, if he offered Isaac, he believed that God would raise Isaac from the dead so God would fulfill his promise. Ito yung, ito, yung, ito yung na-realize ni, 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 ni Abraham on how God would fulfill that particular promise that He would raise up Isaac from the dead and give Isaac to him figuratively. Ibig sabihin, kung, kung, kung 20 years old siya nung pinatay ko, ibabalik din siya, he will also be raised up as 20 years old, not as a baby, or not as uh, an old person, but as to his type, as is. God would raise him up. And so Isaac also became a typology of Christ. Now I hope that we focus on this particular passage because this is a foreshadow of Christ. Isaac is a foreshadow. This particular moment, this particular act of sacrificing Abraham, sacrificing as a father, his one and only begotten son whom he loved, is the very act that God the Father would do through Christ. Kaya dito po sa so story as I Read verse 13. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked. In Genesis 22. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket of his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering. Listen. In the place of his son. In the place of his son. And so God would stop Abraham. Okay, Abraham. You have passed the test it's it's not that God was surprised it is not that God did not know that Abraham would really obey but it is for Abraham for him to realize and for us eventually to have him as an example today that his faith is real and genuine but for God he he knew this already and And he was not surprised that Abraham would really obey him up to that very moment of offering up Isaac to him. In this particular time, God would exchange. God would stop Abraham and give a ram as a replacement. Isn't that how God, out of his love, also in the same fashion, in almost the same way, Gave Jesus Christ to die for our sins. Forgive us. Give us hope and give us life. Isaac became a typology of Christ. Let's look at verse 18. He considered. uh, Abraham considered. The word considered also means contemplated. uh, Meaning in deep thought. In careful realization thinking about this carefully, now reflecting on it, spending time on it, now think, looking at the different angles, contemplating, considering. What did he consider? That God listen, is able to raise people even from the dead. Now, ito, yung, ito yung revelation sa kanya ni God that, that he trusted God not only of his faithfulness, To fulfill his promise, he trusted in God's power. If God created man, God created this complex world, this this highly uh, organized solar system that we are in, he was very sure, Abraham was very sure, without a doubt, God can raise up his son Isaac and fulfill his promise. And so he says there at the end, from which he also received him back as a type, as a type. So he will receive back. He will he will he will again see his son Isaac as he is right now. Now that is faith. He doesn't know that, it has not been done yet. Yet he believed. He believed in the power of God resurrect, to raise up man. And that is the typology of Christ. That is exactly what God did in Christ Jesus. Jesus would die, but on the third day, God would raise him now, just putting this into context before we go to the application, Abraham Abraham tried to reconcile in his mind, in his thoughts, as he carefully contemplated, considered, thought about this, the paradox. Now, If God promised descendants through Isaac, and God wanted Abraham to sacrifice his son, this is the only way that it will be fulfilled, God would resurrect Isaac from the dead. So as early as Genesis chapter 22, we already have a picture, a glimpse, in retrospect, although of the saving work of God through Christ. Next slide. So God stopped Abraham, and Abraham proved his faith. So putting this into context as we close, even if the Christian Jews, they were experiencing great persecution. Remember, they are experiencing this, this threat, this prejudice, this discrimination. God is able to raise them to life. And this is what the author is saying to them believe in God, believe in His power, believe in the supremacy of Christ and His work on the cross, that when we truly turn our back from sin and fully believe in Christ, totally, fully, completely, then we will also be raised from the dead. That one day, imagine this with me, we will die we will die. That's for sure. As to when, I don't know. As to how, I also don't know. We just hope that it would be quick. And it would be not so painful. Um, and not mga subsequent stabbing. Just one slash of knife. Or heart attack. Or a stroke. And then we die. So we all will face this particular moment, yet believe in this, brothers and sisters, that through Christ, God can resurrect us. So this persecution, this pandemic, this crisis, whatever difficult situation you are in today, compared to that moment that we will resurrect in glory for eternity in heaven with God, His presence for eternity compared to this crisis. So, as we close, how do we apply this in our personal lives, believe that God is sovereign. God is in control of everything. We saw this in, in, as we studied Hebrews, starting with the life of Abel, and then Enoch, and then Noah, and then Abraham, and then Sarah, and then going back to Abraham. God is sovereign. God is in total control. God is not only sovereign, He is faithful to His promise. And more than that, God is powerful. And He can, He gave us life. He takes our life, He can give it to us again. This time for eternity. So faith gives us this confidence to know that God is this kind of God. Just as Abraham knew. Abraham focused on who God is. That's why he was able to obey God. His will, God's will, is sure, no matter what. Next slide. So the reality of the typology is that God sacrificed his son, Jesus Christ, and resurrected him. Now that's, that's, the, that's the core of this message. Faith and sacrifice. The sacrifice, yes, of Abraham, yet is the greater sacrifice, the better, the best sacrifice through Christ. He calls all to believe in Jesus. Repent from our sin and be followers of Christ. God will give life to our souls. God will resurrect us one day. Hold on to that promise, brothers and sisters, especially at that very moment where you are breathing your last. As I also internalize this and reflect on this, on my personal capacity. At that very moment when I am seemingly breathing my last few breaths, I would believe that God has the power to resurrect me, to resurrect us from the dead. Next slide. So, like Abraham, the Lord expects us to surrender everything to Him. That's our response by faith to surrender to him he said that unless we give up everything including our ba, mga spouse, mga parents, mga children, including the wealth uh, sa isang mayaman na na businessman no sa isang mayaman na nagtanong sa kanya what can i do to, to to enter heaven we cannot be his disciples thus we surrender all to him Why? Because we believe. We believe that God is sovereign and is faithful to his promise. And more than this, God is powerful and loving and merciful and gracious to give us eternal life. And you know what? This is not just available to us, salvation is also available to your loved ones, to your friends your neighbors to anyone who would humble themselves turn their back from sin and fully believe in Christ now as I end and also as something to take home to reflect on maybe today tonight or throughout the week next slide what or maybe for some who Do we need to surrender to God by faith? What do we need to surrender to God? It could be, well, idols. It could be vices. It could be something that we are addicted on. It could be ourselves, our wealth, our desires for earthly things. Or it could be someone. Who is, who is this person that we need to surrender to God by faith? It could be a relationship that is not pleasing before God. It could be a sin that we are keeping, that we are continuously doing. Or it could be our very lives that we must surrender to God by faith. Why? Because God is sovereign. God is in control. God is faithful to his promise. and God is powerful to give us eternal life. Allow me to share with you, as always, a poem written by our senior pastor, Pastor Ed Pilapil, Jr., entitled Faith and Surrender. Abraham's intent was quite clear, to sacrifice someone so dear because his king so commanded its final, whatever God said. No complaints, only obedience, Actually, there was expedience to Mount Moriah they set out, trusting in God without a doubt. God's promise was through his Isaac. Therefore, God will make him rise up. What was needed was to obey and to trust God's will and his way. In faith, We now surrender all, the dearest or not, big and small. We trust in Christ, the Lord of all, and his name alone we extol. Shall we all rise and close in prayer? If you're here this morning, if you're listening to this message, and if God has revealed himself to you, in a special way. As you consider and contemplate and think deeply, carefully of who God is. God is just. God is holy. He will punish the sins that we have done. And the punishment is eternal suffering, eternal pain, eternal separation from Him and His presence in a place called the lake of fire. Yet God is also loving and merciful and gracious that through Christ, through the atoning and sacrificial death and suffering of Jesus on the cross. That through His resurrection, when we believe in Him, and what He has done is enough for us to be saved from the wrath of God, that as we equally turn our back and repent from our sins, we would receive eternal life. Together with the Holy Spirit as a seal, as a guarantee, the Holy Spirit will change us so that one day we will be like Christ in our resurrection, we will not be literally and figuratively like ourselves anymore. But in glorified bodies, we will be with God for eternity. But it takes faith. It takes a complete, a total, full surrender to the Lordship, to the kingship of God. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us of our sins. Return from these sins. We surrender this to you. Together with things that are not pleasing before you. We don't only give up to your lordship, we give in to your kingship. We regard you and acknowledge you, Father, as our master. Thank you for giving your Son, Jesus Christ, Unconditionally and sacrificially, so that through Christ we will be raised up one day. Though we will experience difficulties throughout this world, throughout this life, in this world, we are sure because of who you are that you are faithful to your promise. And while waiting for that time and that day to come, thank you for the privilege to be part of the fulfillment of that purpose and promise through Christ of making disciples of all nations. Lord, we pray that you use us according to your will and according to your purpose that we are to be first disciples, followers of Christ and so that we can also disciple others, our loved ones, our friends, our neighbor, those around us, those that we influence. Lord, we thank you for what you have done and for this we are eternally Grateful. So today, allow us to just worship you and give you the highest praises, the glory, the honor that you alone deserve. May your name alone be lifted up in our lives, in our family, in the church community, in our country, in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless us all and see you next Sunday.